This is Joey Gallo with the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Ranger Nation podcast. Hey, this is Nate Lowe with the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Ranger Nation podcast. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three call. The Rangers are going to the World Series. In the air, shallow right. The Texas Rangers win the pennant. Second consecutive year. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Welcome to Rangers Nation Podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation Podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now, here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation Podcast. Today's episode is Home Run. And there are so many reasons this one is called Home Run. First of all, we got Joey Galley going, going in the Home Run Derby, which just came out this week. We've got the MLB draft today, which, let's be honest, the Rangers need to hit a home run. And we've also got uh, we, we've also got the Home Run Game, who we played with Nick Solak and, uh, and Willie Calhoun. Plus, we talked to the guy who is throwing the Home Run Derby to Joey Gallo, Tony Beasley. We talk about that all right after this. Hey, guys, the Recliner Nerd here. Do you feel a spark when you get a chance to compete? Competition Dojo is here to feed the competitive fire in everyone. Each month, they provide competitive events to their subscribers. You have a month to learn, practice, and perform. The month-end results rank you against each other. Get off the couch and back in the game. Visit competitiondojo.com. That's competitiondojo.com. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. This is the, the this is the Ranger Nation podcast. Today's episode is home run. So look, this is we are coming up. The Rangers need to hit a home run today. So this is the draft. It's coming up at six o'clock tonight, uh, six o'clock Eastern. Um, no, I'm sorry, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock tonight. At 5 o'clock, they are going to have a, a preview that's going to be going on uh, there. Right now, the future game, the, the, the futures game is going on right now on MLB.com. And uh, Cole Wynn is uh, going to be the starting pitcher for that. Um, he is starting for the American team in the, in the home run game. And then we're going to have the uh, – also have uh, – uh, Cole Reagans made it. Cole Reagans, by the way, Cole Reagans and Sam Huff came out today. They are going to be joining the Frisco Rough Riders after the All-Star break. They're both going to be there. Um, uh, Jeff Wilson did that. By the way, we're going to have Jeff, Jeff Wilson come on here. Jeff started a new thing. He's going to be coming on to talk about that with T.R. Sullivan, uh, who wants to come on and do some stuff too. But the Futures game is going on right now. Cole Wynn's going to be pitching for that. We've got a few things going on that are going to be pretty fun. So, it, for those that don't know, Joey got it, Joey found out. So I found out that Joey found out last Saturday that they that that he was going to be in the home run derby. So everyone knew that once Joey was uh, was uh, going to the All Star game, they figured between um, Adolis Garcia and Joey Gallo. And after Gallo this week, he's had he's hit what twelve home runs and uh, what a. Tw- 11 home runs in 10 games. Um, I mean, he has just been on fire since this thing in, in started this last week. Uh, he's up to 23 home runs now. Um, and so they've invited him to be in the home run derby. Um, and actually, Beasley talked about it, um, about it with – so 
Joey gets going on Saturday. They tell Joey. We go out to the ballpark, and when we get out to the ballpark and we're working there, we get to go out early to uh, out to, to the field. Uh, so you get there about 345 or so. You go out to the field. The guys are coming out to take infield, batting practice, all that. You're down there at the down by the dugout. So Tony Beasley comes walking up to me and Chris Halleck and Kennedy Landry, who you know Chris from SI uh, Sports Illustrated, and you got uh, Kennedy Landry, uh, who took T.R. Sullivan's spot on MLB.com, and, and Alex Plink. Uh, Alex was down there. We were all standing around. And Beasley always comes up. Guys, if you don't know, you know, everyone knows the story of Beasley and the cancer and everything to that effect. Beasley comes up, just gives us the biggest hug. He always does, every time, comes up, gives us a, a, a bro hug. You know what a bro hug is, where you you come up and, you, and you, you, you grab hands and then you lean in and you hug each other. He's been doing that for three years. He comes up to all the press and always does that, gives us a hug. Happy guy, always in a good mood. So he just comes up, gives us all our hug, and he says, so what are you guys going to be doing during the off day? What are you going to be doing the off day? Well, <laughs> I mean – me and Alex don't do this for a living, so we're like, well, we got to work. You know, we're, we're going to be working our day jobs, and uh, we've got to do that. Kennedy Landry goes, well, I'm going to be going actually to Colorado. I'm covering it for MLB.com, so I'll be in Colorado. And then uh, uh, Chris is like, uh, Chris Halleck, who covers, that's his job. He's a full-time beat reporter. And Chris is like, well, you know, um, I think with the days off, uh, uh, my wife and I are talking about maybe doing something for a couple days with the kids. We don't know. You know, we're I'll be kind of keeping up with what's going on, but I'm not – might be doing that. And so I just said, well, what are you doing for the off days? He gets this big old grin on his face, and he goes, well, um, I can't really say. None of us picked up on that. Not, But then again, we didn't know Joey was in the home run derby yet. But none of us picked up on it. We had no clue what, what the grin was about. So we kind of gave him a little business, and we're like, what do you got going? I mean, what are you doing? And he's like, I can't talk about it. I really can't say. So then we just go back to talking to bees and having fun. And that's it. Wednesday comes around. Joey is announced as the uh, MLB uh, representative. He's the number two seed in the he, – he's another American leaguer. He's asked to do the home run derby. He's accepted. It's announced that Joey Gallo is going to participate in the home run derby. The moment that came out, I tweeted out, and I said uh, – I think the tweet said um, prediction alert, and I tagged uh, Chris and Kennedy and said – when Beasley was being so strange yesterday and asking what we're going to do, I have a prediction. I think that Tony Beasley is going to be throwing the home run, home, the home run derby to Joey. So both Kennedy and, and Chris immediately. And Alex, I forgot Alex, and then he jumped in. He goes, absolutely, I think that's what it is. It wasn't an hour later that they said that Beasley was going to be throwing the home run uh, derby. And, and Joey talked about it and all of that. So I knew when I got there Friday, I was doing the game Friday. So I got there. They were off Thursday. got there Friday. I found Tony the minute he came out on the field. And I said, you know, I got to talk. And so I pulled him over and I said, buddy, we got to talk about this. Um, I think you were pulling something a little funny. And this is me talking to Tony Beasley about what happened th- uh, Tuesday and what he's going to be doing in – in uh, Colorado, and we had one question from a fan, and he answered that for us, but here's Tony Beasley. Hey guys, Conrad here. I'm talking with Tony Beasley, who's just been, uh, we just found out, actually, I think I I called this the other day, and you don't even know I did this, because the way you came out and talked to me and Chris and Kennedy over here the other day, he's going to be throwing to Joey at the, uh, in the home run derby at the All-Star game. So let me ask you, how long have you guys had this plan? It's at least since before Tuesday. Yeah, uh, Joey asked me... We came off the road. We were in Seattle, I think, Saturday. Did he know by then? 
yeah, he, he did. He just couldn't announce it. Yeah, yet. he could. He couldn't say. Anything. Okay, well, I'm asking him that later. So we'll, we'll, I think. I mean, he knew before then. But that's when he asked me. That's when he asked you. So I don't know how many days prior to that he he knew or had an idea, but but that's when he he asked me what I throw to him, and uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had planned on going home. Yeah. Uh, to Virginia Sunday after the game. And I was looking forward to that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but this is a great opportunity to, to do something I've never done before. And, and to, to do it with Joey is special. So so you did know it Tuesday. So let me explain to, to the guys that are listening what happened. Mm-hmm. Tony came up to me and Chris Halleck and Kennedy and Alex and asked what we were doing during the All-Star break. <laughs> <laughs> and we all said, oh, one of us are working, some of us taking off. And so naturally your response is, what are you going to be doing? And he goes, well, I, I can't really say. And he had this <laughs> grin on his face, and none of us picked up on it. But you know what? Joey hadn't announced yet. Right. The moment he announced, I tweeted it out and I, to them, and I said, hey, Chris Kennedy, you notice how he was asking us? I think he's going to be the one throwing that. And then it came out about an hour later. We so figured it out. We figured it out. So does Joey, does Joey usually hit off you well in, in batting practice? Yeah, he does. But, you know, I don't throw to him every day. Uh Usually, if he's in group two, I'll throw to him. If he's in group one, Wakamatsu will throw to him. But I've thrown to him a ton over the years. And uh, I think it was 18 that he was about to maybe participate. And then he, he didn't make the team, so he didn't want to do the home run derby. Right. But we had already talked. If Had he done it then, I was going to throw to him. Okay. Uh, so, I, you know, I've thrown a lot to Joey. And obviously, I like I know where he likes it. Right. And um, I guess he... He, he feels that I'm capable of putting it there. Well, let me ask you this. Out of the other guys here, is there anyone else that you think would, would be good in the home run derby off this team? Nate Lowe could be good. Nate Lowe, yes, he does. He puts and, it. When he wants to hit a home run BP, he hits a home run BP. Okay, I had he a question. Really good. One of my Twitter followers wanted his name, Sean Dan, he wanted to ask you this question. Okay. If you have to predict, what do you think will be the farthest ball Joey hits in the home run derby? Ooh, in Colorado, I'm going to go five. He going something crazy. Like, I'm going to go 530. 530. That's, I know it's a big number. That, no, but it, but it, Colorado, it can happen there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, when we were there early, hit a ball, like, in the upper, upper echelon of the stadium. Right. And it was really far. Like, that was just one ball he hit in BP at the last round. I hadn't really – and I've seen a lot of BP there with Hamilton there. Right. And with Prince Fielder. and. <laughs> And Mitch Moreland, who hits the ball as far as well. But I haven't seen, and even Joey, but I haven't seen one that far. And even Mazar. Mazar hits him far, too. Yeah, he does. He does. But I hadn't seen one like that. Okay. So. All right. But, but, yeah, I've seen low. He does. He tends to hit him out here yeah. when he does it. Okay. Now, you hit 22 home runs in your career. <laughs> I'm a perfect candidate. <laughs> yes. So, I, I, got a, the, I play a game called the home run game with everyone. Okay. The, what is the one, the furthest one? Can you remember the furthest one you ever hit? That I've hit? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> because none of them are far. You all, never hit all, 400? Of, all of my home runs, I was running around the base. Paint scrapers? Yeah, and I was like praying. And I would piss pump right, I would uh, fist pump right before I got to second base because that's when I realized it was a home run. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I didn't have any just no doubters where I could No mammoths, not where no, you dropped the bat. And none just of those, no. Started. My big deal was, like you said, 22 combined. So I would count my ones that just went foul. Like, I'd count those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It's Tony Beasley. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm going to get one thing. I'm going to get a plug for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just identify who's Tony Beasley, mm-hmm. third base coach for the Texas Rangers. Yes. And you're listening to the Ranger Nation podcast.
Okay. Absolutely. This is Tony Beasley, third base coach of the Texas Rangers, and you're, and you're listening to the Rangers podcast. Okay. No, the Rangers Nation podcast. Uh. <laughs> okay. One more time. It's fine. We take takes. Okay. This is Tony Beasley, third base coach for the Texas Rangers, and you listen to the Rangers Nation. Nas- <laughs> Rangers Nation yeah, podcast. People love these mess ups because they always like a blooper. Ra- Rangers Nation podcast. Okay. okay. Here we go. This is Tony Beasley, third base coach for the Texas Rangers, and you listen to Rangers Nation podcast. That's it. Okay. Thanks, Beast. Guys, I can't say this enough. Tony Beasley is absolutely one of the best dudes ever. And he is he is just the nicest guy. You know, I talked to him one time about being a third base coach. I said, say you were to to get asked to I thought maybe he was gonna coach the All-Star game. That's one of the things I brought up. I said, if you go there and you're coaching, I said, you know, you have every team has different signs, whatever. And I said, Do you uh, you know, are you do you do you change do you have to change all your signs or do you get to use your signs? You just have to read. He goes, No, he goes, I have my touches that I like. He goes, but but you know, the a new manager would have new signs and the players would have new signs. They would have to just learn unless we were playing the Rangers, which I would change them up because I wouldn't want because the Rangers know my signs. But he goes, I've got my touches and things that I do. Anyway, it was neat to talk to him. So I decided in honor of Joey, I was going to talk to Joey. In fact, I put it out, I was going to talk to Joey, but sometimes Joey doesn't come out and hit. If he comes out to hit or if he wanders around the dugout while we're down there, he has no problem. He'll come up and talk, usually give a ball to some one of the kids that it's there. If there's a few kids there, uh, only a few people that take the tour get to go and watch batting practice, and then they get to sit behind the dugout. And if there's a couple of kids there, whoops, that's the ESPN there. Sorry, my phone's making a noise. But uh, Joey will usually give a ball, but he didn't come. He never came out. I wanted to talk to him about the home run derby. Uh, and do that. He had already talked about it in the press uh, and in the media the, the day before. Uh, and and I, but I, I want to talk to him personally. A couple questions I had. Anyway, he did, he never came out, so I didn't get to ask him. But what I did find was Willie Calhoun was there hanging around. So was Nick Solak uh, taking batting practice and all of that. Well, you know, you guys know the home run game. I like to play the home run run game with these guys and do that. So I wanted to play the home run game with uh, with, with uh, the. Uh, the guys, I got, I got Nick Solak first to play the home run game, talking about, you know, uh, what you do, you know, for uh, when was your first home run and all that. So here's Nick Solak playing the home run game. This thing going. All right. As somebody, myself, in my entire life, played baseball from the time I was five till I graduated high school, I hit one ball over a fence ever. You've obviously done that a lot more. So I obviously remember my home run. Do you remember the very first home run you ever hit? How old were you? Over a fence. How old were you and where were you? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what age it would have been. I'm going to say probably 10 years old uh, in Plainfield, Illinois, uh, against uh, Plainfield team. I don't know what their team name was, but they were yellow and black. I can remember that. uh, Homer to like left center. I remember getting the ball. I I remember that being like, I think that was the first home run I've ever hit over over a fence. I was probably 10. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's the one I remember. Okay, so now from then until today, first I've got two different ones. The most memorable, maybe it was a walk off, maybe it was a, anything through minor leagues, through anywhere. What's your most memorable one? College, high school? I got a couple. Uh, you know, my I probably started with like my my first big league homer against the Angels. Uh, you know, on the day that I debuted, second half of the doubleheader, that one sticks out. Um, and then I had a walk-off homer against uh, Notre Dame in college mm-hmm. uh, while I was at Louisville in extra innings in the 10th. Uh, high-hanging changeup from a lefty. And I, I, 
growing up in Chicago, you kind of like either love or hate Notre Dame. Oh yeah, I was on the. My wife's from up there. I was on the not liking them as much, uh, and I, you know, we played them really close all the time while I was at Louisville. So, uh, you know, a walk off win, uh, walk off homer. That was that was pretty cool. Those are probably the two that stand out the most to me. Uh, but I remember a lot of them. So okay, last one. Longest one you've ever hit. I mean, the moment you hit it, you were like, oh, my gosh, and you just bombed it. The longest one I've ever hit? That's a good question. I mean, I'm not I, – I never, like, pimp home runs or anything. I knew that. And I, I, always, I always get around the bases pretty quick. So, like, that's kind of because, like, I don't know for sure if it's going out. I, the, the homer I hit against – uh, the Blue Jays early this year, up into the second deck, pulled down the line. I that was that was probably one of the further ones. Um, I'm trying to think maybe like a, there was a minor league home run in uh, when I was in Double A playing for the Montgomery Biscuits uh, against the Jackson Generals in Jackson, Tennessee. Yeah. That they had like a, like a probably not not as big as like the Green Monster, but big fence all the way around this the the field and. I mean, I hit I hit one like so far over the fence. I just remember like, you know, that that's that's probably one of the furthest ones. So between those two, uh, they're probably like the two furthest I ever hit. No doubters that I knew uh, they were getting out of there. All right, that's Nick Solak, second baseman for the Texas Rangers. Thank Nick. Yep. Thank you. All right. All right. Nick was gracious enough to stop. He had been talking to uh, to. Uh, uh, Alex right before and he stopped Willie caught Willie coming in he was topping to talk to everybody and he came in I wanted to play with Willie too uh, since we're doing this since this episode is called home run wanted to play home run game with Willie Calhoun also another one that has some power so here's Willie playing the same game the home run game all right guys we're climbing around here I'm with Willie Calhoun well we're gonna play the home run game if you guys have played it as a guy that in my life I've hit one home run over a fence my entire life. I obviously remember it, right? Played from five till high school. Do you remember you've hit a lot over the years. Do you remember the very first ball you ever hit over a fence? How old were you and where were you? Yeah, I didn't start hitting home runs until I was like eleven or twelve. So I'd say like I was eleven, I guess, in like an all-star game um, in Venetia in my hometown. Uh-huh. Yeah, so a while ago. Yeah. So you I can't remember like the logistics of it, like the situation or anything, but I'm, I would assume like it's like that age. Okay. So next we're gonna do most memorable okay. from that time until you, today. Um, well, obviously you're on the IL right now, but what's the most memorable? A walk off or a, maybe in the minor league? Yeah, minor leagues or anywhere. Um, that- I say my first homer in the big leagues. Uh, that was my most memorable one. Um, and when was that? That was 17. Um, a day game. Um, I'm trying to think. A day game against Verlander. Uh, I think it was like a two-zero or like a two-one count or something. But yeah. I hit it the right field, and I, that's like my most memorable one. Okay, now the longest. The one you hit. You know when you got it. That was it. And um, could be minor leagues too. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, I say the one I hit in Oakland in nineteen. My second homer of the day game. That's why the best, like the best one I've ever gotten. And the minute you hit it, you were like, "Yeah, I knew it was gone." Yeah. And you're you're kind of from around there too, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm from there, I remember yeah. seeing you playing in Oakland, and you knew a bunch of people there. Oh and all yeah, that. yeah, for sure. All right, that's Willie Calhoun yeah. of the Texas Rangers. Thanks, Willie. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so that was Willie Calhoun. It was fun to talk to Willie for a little bit and do that. Now let's get into. The other home run that we've got to be looking for, we've got the home run game. We've got uh, Joey Gallo and the 
home run derby. But the other thing we got to talk to is about tonight, and that is the draft where the Rangers need to hit a home run in the draft. And there is a lot of talk. It's gone all over. I had Sam Hell on last week uh, who had an interesting take on it. Sam, Sam said if it were him doing it, he would look at uh, something to the effect of signings, uh, of drafting someone like Jackson Job, the right-hand pitcher out of Oklahoma, uh, high school pitcher. Have you not seen the video of that slider he throws? It's a 300 RPM slider that he throws. It is unbelievable. Uh, he's touching 95 to 99. Uh, he throws this just wipeout slider, and uh, everyone seems to think he's going to go number three to the Tigers, a high school pitcher. Um, is obviously a risk coming out of there. But uh, that's who Sam Hale said because, uh, you know, you could you could take him, you could possibly um, take Sam Hale, and then what you could do with Sam Hale is you can um, – uh, I'm sorry, not Sam Hale. You could take Jackson Job, and it, what you could do with Jackson Job is uh, you can sign him for under slot, and then probably if somebody falls to you, then you can get, uh, you know, a little more out of it. So um, – that was his pick. Most people have the Rangers taken uh, lighter. Here's my thing. The best guy in the draft from every scouting report that we're hearing, while, while Jordan Lawler is an unbelievable talent, I've seen him play, everyone seems to be in agreement that the number one guy and the number one talent in the draft is uh, Marcelo Meyer. Uh, he's a shortstop out of California. He's a high school shortstop. The Pirates are linked to him. Pirates are also wanting to sign under slot, but I think that, I think that if, if for some reason – the Pirates under slot seems to be, if they do go under slot, it's probably going to be someone like Davis, the catcher out of Louisville. And uh, if they do go under slot with uh, Davis out of Louisville, um, then and Meyer falls, Meyer might be the, the pick for the Rangers. I mean, everybody's comparing this guy to Corey Seager. Um, he is just an unbelievable talent um, uh, going out of there. I personally think that if Meyer's gone, which he should go number one, and I think that, the, that if it were me making the pick, it would be uh, Jack Leiter. That's who I think they should pick. Between Leiter, uh, Lawler, or even Khalil Watson. All right, I'm, I'm not bad on Jackson Job. I think those – I'm not on board with Davis because the catching depth in the Rangers organization, organization for the first time is somewhat deep. And you've got to be an unbelievable stud hitter to, to – I mean, or, you know, because behind the plate, You've got to be a stud hitter, and if you're that good a hitter, you're usually going to move out from behind the plate anyway. So I, I'm not sure that I'm there on Davis um, doing that. For those that don't understand what we're talking about when you say something to the effect of underslot, so everyone is given slot money in the first 10 rounds. And depending on where you're picking, each slot is assigned an amount of dollars. The first-round pick is um, – let's see, let's go over the slot numbers and what they are. So when you look at – like so, when you look at overall value, you got the Pirates who they have in their slot money. They have fourteen million three hundred ninety-four thousand, uh, and and the Tigers also have fourteen million uh, two hundred fifty-three. And then the Rangers come in, even though they're second. The, the Tigers had more. I think there was a draft pick that they didn't sign, and they get the extra slot. Um, or actually, it goes by how many picks you have, and they may have picked up extra compensation picks and stuff like that, uh, a, a compensation pick that, that gave them. But the Rangers have $12,641. So what is an, an underslot, overslot guy? So a lot of that, so, so if you don't know in layman terms, let me try to explain it to you. So, so the Rangers have $12,641 that they can spend only in the first 10 rounds. They can only spend that in the first 10 rounds. They can't carry that over. There's 20 rounds in the draft this year. They cannot carry that over to the other rounds, like uh, rounds 11 through 20, and try to 
catch somebody back in 15, 16, 17. They can't do that. Uh, those, uh, the most you can spend, I believe, is 150,000 uh, bonus pool or 200,000. I have to look it up. But uh, in rounds 11 through through 20, um, it's a set amount that you can you can only go up to a set amount, um, and that's it. So you can't carry over that 12 million 641. But let's say that uh, the Rangers were to draft, let's say Khalil Watson. Uh, and they draft Khalil Watson, who some think may be the best shortstop in the draft. Um, and that, uh, and and while some people are um, question, oh, you know, some people are just right away they're saying, no, you can't, you can't draft Khalil Watson because he's not. You know, this guy played late, so the season for Khalil Watson started real late, and so he really impressed. So he took advantage of that. He was already considered one of the top ten prospects in all of it. He's a he's a uh, a shortstop out of North Carolina. His season started late because of COVID. Scouts all got in front of him, and I'm not going to lie to you, they flat out took it. I mean, they he he did well, and he turned a lot of heads. He's got some power. He's smaller. He's only 5'9". They, they think he might project as a second baseman, but he can play shortstop. He's an amazing defender, but, man, he can work that bat left-handed. Well, let's say that the Rangers in their first round slot had like seven point eight million is what they have slotted for the first round, and let's say that they go in there and they say, um, okay, well we're we're going to go in and and we we draft Khalil Watson and we pay him and he's he signs for you know six million, well that gives them one point seven million. You go to the second round, the Rangers I think are slotted for about. 1.9, I believe, is what they've got in their second round, 1.9 million for their second round pick at number 38. Um, let's say that somebody that's supposed to go somewhere in the range of 11 to 15, which is about three to four million dollars slot money right there. Let's say they slide for any reason. They're, they're, they're not sure that he's going to sign. They don't know what he's going to do. He slides all the way down. He ends up at 38. He's supposed to either a high school kid that's committed to college or a college kid who has eligibility to go back, thought he was going to go higher. And so after they don't go there, they're thinking, well, you know, if I wasn't going to get three or four million dollars, then I wasn't going to sign anyway. Um, I'll just go on to college or I'll go back to college or whatever. And then the Rangers have an extra one point seven million to play with. And they draft him at 38 and go, hey, I know you thought you're going to get four million dollars. Well, we got four million dollars. Well, then you get a great pick that may have been a, a top 15 pick or a top 20 pick. And, and all of a sudden, you've got, a, you know, another great pick there to do that. So that's what that underslot money is. So the Rangers, I came out with a thing um, that I did, and, and my deal was uh, who I thought they would take with their first three picks. And that was just my prediction. And, you know, I, I kind of went with people sliding and all of that and who I thought they would go with. And um, so let, let's go over real quick who, who, in my final prediction that y'all can hold me to, let me tell you who I – who I looked at. So I looked at, uh, here's what I looked at. Okay. So I, so what I did, I, I went with a, what a lot of mocks are doing it. Number two, I am predicting number two, I'm predicting Marcelo Meyer goes number one and I'm predicting that the Rangers go with Jack Leiter. The others to watch for at this position, I think you could watch for, uh, Jordan Lawler. And I think you might could watch for Khalil Watson and maybe Jackson Job. I don't, I would be the only one I would be disappointed in is if they did go Henry Davis, the catcher, because that would be that to me. I, I'm, no, I'm not on board with that. Um, the 38th overall pick, I went with kind of there, there's a guy that, that that I'm looking at. Some people, his name is Peyton Stovall. He's a shortstop out of Houghton, Louisiana. He goes to Houghton High School in Louisiana. Um, Peyton Stovall, he's, he's committed to Arkansas, and some are considering him the best hitter of all the high school shortstops. 
Now, he's not a big guy, and they think he might slide over to second base because he's only about six foot tall, but they've got him ranked in the uh, somewhere in the 33 to 29 area um, in there. And if he slides to 38, I think this is somebody that the Rangers, if they do save a little money, if they could get him to go, he is someone. Another one to look for, maybe someone like a right-handed pitcher, Gavin Williams or Joshua Hartle. He's a left-handed pitcher. And there's another shortstop, Carson Williams. But there's a guy I wanted to make a note of. I don't know that. So this guy did not end up. He is ranked somewhere in the top twenty of the. Uh, he's ranked somewhere in the top twenty of the of the uh, all of draft prospect. His name's Bubba Chandler. He's a right hand pitcher and shortstop, and uh, but he is committed to go play for Clemson. Now he's a quarterback, and he's going to play for Clemson. But if he slides, then the last mock draft I saw. Um, he's going to play baseball in college, too. For Cle- Clemson has a really good baseball program, too, in the SEC. Now, if he, if he slides and he goes to and – he, and, and, and he gets there and the Rangers sign him, he is a great pick. And he's somebody to watch if he slides all the way to the Rangers and they do get an underslot guy and they've talked to him about, hey, if we had some money for you, would you consider doing it? This guy is an unbelievable athlete. They think that he'll try shortstop first, but he can pitch. And, uh, but he is a – you know, playing quarterback for Dabo Sweeney uh, might be something that, that, you know, they'd have to money whip him to forgo it. But, the, but B.A., uh, Baseball America didn't have him in their last mock, meaning that's probably some signability issues. That's somebody to watch to see if he fell to them. Uh, you know, then, then, then that might be something to, to look at. Okay, so then you got to go to pick uh, 73. Now, 73 can go anywhere and all over the place. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of guys that are ranked in the 60s that could slide. Maybe somebody that Rangers are really high on sliding in from, you know, from the 80s or sliding down that they want to grab because they really like. Um, I went with uh, an outfielder named Tyler Whitaker. He goes to Bishop Gorman High, uh, High School in Las Vegas. Uh, Whitaker uh, is ranked in, the, uh, ranked in the 60s. There's uh, actually some mocks have him going in the first round. Uh, but, the, you know, he's ranked in the 60s. He's a 6'4 kid. He's really fast. Re- I mean, he is. He's a really fast kid, corner outfielder, um, who some say can play center field because one of his best two has got power, but he's also got speed, uh, kind of like Evan Carter uh, that, that the Rangers drafted last year. But this kid is uh, unbelievable and uh, to, if, if he were to fall there and maybe sign. Now, he is also um, another one that uh, has already signed. I think he's signed to play with Tennessee. Uh, but, you know, that's just if he falls to him, somebody. Another name to watch out for, maybe a Hunter Goodman or maybe an Alex Mooney. Hunter Goodman's a center field outfielder. Uh, Alex Mooney's a shortstop. And then Cooper Kenny is another name. Um, so if the, if the second round were to produce an overslot guy that falls to the Rangers, you know, that's another thing to watch for. Let's say that a guy, a guy like uh, I said in Stovall falls to the Rangers. They have to go overslot to pay him. Um, you might be looking at rounds three to, through ten where they're – the, the, they might go for some lower leverage guys, some guys that that maybe the slot's a five hundred thousand dollars slot, and they can get it for three hundred thousand because they're really out of college options, or they know somebody that really doesn't want to go to college and, and wants to sign. Uh, that's where they're going to be looking at three through ten if they have to go over slot. Not don't know that for sure, but that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, that's the home run episode, guys. I wanted to do a home run episode. Wanted to talk about it. My picks for tonight are uh, I think that they're going to go with Jack Leiter. I'm happy with three or four other names. The only name I think I would be um, not happy with would be uh, would be with uh, Davis the catcher. 
Guys, thanks for listening. A real short one. Get out. Pass it around. If you guys like this, go down and, and, and tell us you like the podcast. I never asked for that, but, you know, go to, follow us on Twitter at Ranger Nation Pod. Go down. Give us a like. Give us a, a, a comment. We, you know, you get some likes out there. It gets discovered a little more. Get a few more listeners. Really having fun doing this thing. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. Drafts tonight. We need to hit a home run. Joey, you need to win the home run derby. And uh, Beasley, congratulations. It's fun to see that you're, that you're going to get to do this. Guys, like I say at the end of every one of these and everything I write, nerd out.